millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the box set pod. It's summertime, or it feels like it. It's still a bit nippy up north, but the sun is out and it's, uh, it's turning beautiful. The days are getting longer and the podcasts will, no doubt, get shorter. My name is Howell, this is Jamie. Yeah. And now live from London, Matthew Wanless. And, uh, live from London. Matt, are you Jewish? There's a lot of Jewish in my family, but... Uh, okay. I don't... I, I don't but my, my dad's side is not Jewish, my mum's side is. But, um... Jamie is not mm. Jewish either. We're about to discuss a TV series that has been uh, written by, if not an entirely Jewish person, certainly half Jewish, Amy Sherman Palladino, and um, none of us are Jewish people. So, and none of us are women either. And this is a very female-centric story as well. So, uh, I mean, Hirsch is my is my middle name. Is it really? Oh. Okay, okay, we're in, we're in, and. Um, that that'll do. Unfortunately, Mel couldn't join us. Uh, Mel from Kansas would have would have at least brought with it a female perspective, and um, she's obviously a big Amy Sherman Palladino fan because Amy Sherman Palladino wrote the Gilmore Girls. Oh yes, did um, she indeed? Yeah. Okay. This is. Uh, this is it feels like, like she's finally. It feels like the moment where she's finally written something good, doesn't it? It's well, like she's it, finally got. Yeah, she's well, done it. Well, I I would say that the seven <laughs> series of the Gilmore Girls was good, but I would also say this show. This shows what happens when you give um, a writer like that unlimited budget. You know, so, like really, well, that's what this is. It's it's look. You can do what you want. All of these outside outside shots of New York that we see. All of that stuff, like super expensive stuff to shoot that you wouldn't, you'd never get to see you know, in a normal series. I was thinking about this mm. the other day. I was because uh, I've I've started watching Seinfeld from the beginning, and I was thinking about you and your fucking um, old big budget, big big good show, and I was thinking about the, I was thinking about the West Wing as well. Yeah, and I don't know what the budget was for the West Wing. Yeah. Um, but I, I imagine it would pale in comparison to something like um, mm. Game of Thrones yeah, yeah. or The Walking Dead. Yeah, and I, I just think I, I, I just don't see the correlation. I think As usual, you, you've <laughs> completely misunderstood any argument that I make. My the only reason I brought up budgets <sighs> recently was the was um, what you managed to do with a budget. <clears throat> so in this case, I would say that what Amy Sherman Palladino has done has spent an unlimited budget really, really well, and the pace is kept up, and it's like, well, it's a really engaging thing, I think. Um, yeah, the only reason why I brought it up in the past was to do with wallowing in, in riches, watching someone roll around in riches. The West Wing is a great example of the first season of The West Wing. You know, they certainly got massive budgets, and, and it, was, it, it got bigger as time went on with their success. But the first series of The West Wing... Yeah, great example. You can do a lot with little. And you can do a lot in 27 minutes. Which I think is what the West Wing is, isn't it? Or 27 minutes. It's 45. 
45. You can, you can get a lot in with great, talented people. Um, in the Netflix right. world, I feel like episode, the, you know, the pilot of the West Wing would be the entire first series. Whereas... Oh, bull. I mean, that's... Yeah, honestly, come on. It's, it's, it's just, what? what? You get tangled up in your own arguments, honestly. Think, anyway, I, let's I, not... I think that, we yeah, haven't anyway, yeah, yeah, that we're talking about. Yeah, so let's exactly. Absolutely um, right, Matt. We should get into... We're talking about the marvellous Mrs. Maisel. Howell, why don't you give us a brief synopsis of the storyline behind the marvellous Mrs. Maisel, which is on Amazon Prime. Well, to put you in the same world, perhaps this uh, this is kind of in the same city as Mad Men, around the same time as Mad Men, and down the road from uh, that place is um, a... Madison Avenue. Madison Avenue. And I suppose her husband works on Madison Avenue, doesn't he? but he doesn't quite know what he is. He's like the real Don Draper, a bit of a useless Don Draper doesn't quite know what he sells, isn't very passionate about it. Mr. Maisel wants to be a stand-up comic. Mrs. Maisel is his wife, who is uh, the perfect housewife. She is... Um, uh, she makes sure that she's beautiful, well-organised, well-prepared all the time. She's also an incredibly yeah. Every day person. she... Every day she measures her waistline and her uh, thighs and everything so that she stays to a certain sort of figure hugging, you know. Like a metric. Yeah, yeah. The woman metric. Joel is the name of her husband and and he's got aspirations aspirations to be um, a stand-up comic. So he'll go to what they call the gaslight in uh, downtown Queen, not Queens, what am I talking about? What's that bit in New York? It's like Brooklyn? It's Soho, isn't it? Soho. Yeah. Yeah. Or Greenwich. Yeah. Greenwich, that's it. Greenwich Village. Um and he, yeah. he wants to get on stage at one of these open mic type nights where you get yourself a slot. If his slot is very late, at two in the morning, well Mrs. Maisel will go up and sweeten the deal by offering uh, some home baked goods to the person who does the running order and he'll find himself on at ten o'clock. He isn't a great comedian. She is the one who is the driving force behind everything and, and is perhaps smarter than him. And in episode one, in the pilot, he um, bombs on stage. We perhaps get the sense that she is um, uh, taking more notes and thinking about this thing better than he is. We also learn that well, he's, he's plagiarising plagiarizing yeah. his act. And, um, and he leaves her. Uh, he announces he's been having an affair with his secretary and leaves her. And as a result of that, you have to remind me where the pilot ends. She gets on stage, yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she gets on stage. Uh, she, he, he leaves her. She gets drunk. She goes to the gaslight. And she kind of vents off her frustration and her dismay at her husband leaving her. And it, it, it's a very funny stand-up performance mm. she doesn't realize she's becoming a stand-up comedian but this is the first step on her road to becoming a comedian and there we got a show that's the yeah. setup and like you said the 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 gaslight's in there there's a lot of references and a lot of real historical figures in such as lenny bruce is in it mm. and so there's a lot of real uh, real uh, sort of events and, and happenings around what she is experiencing. And she is based, the character she's based on is loosely kind of around Joan Rivers, isn't it? It's that kind of... Is uh, that right? Uh, comedic- I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that the, she was a mixture between Joan Rivers and there's another female comic of that period that she's kind of based around as well, uh, an, the- an amalgamation 
of sort of the, these two sort of big comics that arose uh, in the in the in the American uh, comedy scene in that period of time. And a- Amy Sherman tends tends to write um, quite about things she knows very well. Um, Bunhead she wrote and she she was a dancer once thinking a big fan of sort of dance and ballet and stuff but also her father was a stand-up comic so it's very I think all of the comedy in this is very well done and they've used you know consultants in terms of comedic stuff do you agree with that is the comedy is the comedy well done did it make you laugh out loud at any point along with the well, that was, should, yeah, it, should it though I, I definitely should it, and, and and that was one of the big things like it was almost a deal breaker like if she's going to, if this is going to work she has to be on stage and and it has to be funny the material has to be funny mm. otherwise you're just watching a really like average bang average comedy show where everyone's pretending it's really good and it is really good when she's on stage she's genuinely brilliant and the performance of Rachel Brosnahan Mm. who's also from um, House of Cards and she's brilliant in that I can't believe it's the same person yeah but she's superb and she's a delivery and it's just an incredibly Mm. well-rounded performance and it's very funny I laughed a lot during the the stand-up stuff she doesn't I think uh, personally I don't agree with that I think it's the weakest. I think it's the weakest part of the show. Well, she doesn't make Matt really? laugh out loud, and and I, I agree with Matt there. But I also think, with hindsight, I think uh, most comedy in the fifties, if you listen to it, isn't funny. It, it doesn't make us today laugh out loud. But I think at the time they would have found that incredibly funny. You know, you, you oh. you're getting arrested at the side of the stage <coughs> for doing those kinds. Well, I of mean. Things. I, I think there's some genuinely funny bits that she does on stage. You know, this is uh, I, I, we we laughed quite a lot during it. From I know there's the shock the shock element for the audience of that period of time, but mm. I thought she did some really good stuff. I mean, um, I haven't seen the whole series, but um, oh really? Uh, what have you watched up I, to, Matt? Maybe four or five. Right, that's quite early on. Yeah, there, there's a few more um, sort of stand-up moments within the the show to come but I mean yeah. I, I, did you yeah oh, I, think, okay. well, I think I think it's a very difficult thing to capture in um, a drama yeah I agree mm. um, yeah. and for someone uh, it's also a very rare thing to find someone who can play a part and do stand up I think mm. that's mm. they are probably very very rare beasts I would think mm. so did, um, did you not enjoy is it her performance as well that you're not a fan of which her own performance or just the stand-up? The actress, the actress. No, no, no. I think yeah. um, for the most part, she's very good in it. Um, I, but uh, I mean, the show has that kind of heightened characterization that I do associate a little bit with Mad Men, mm. um, particularly early Mad Men, and I felt like. Um, I mean, sorry to just instantly start making comparisons, but it, it, you know they're, they're set in such similar worlds. Mm. Um, but um, Mad Men settled into itself a bit, and that was when it really got going for me because mm. I, I wasn't I wasn't sold on Mad Men for about eight episodes. Yeah, um, and maybe this will be the same. No, I don't think it'll settle in the same way because I just think it's a comedy and it's gonna. It's going to remain. It's this is musical theatre, isn't it? Without songs, that's kind Would of what. I mean, it is a comedy, isn't it? It, it, it yeah. definitely yeah, has, it's, it has that about it. But um, it, and it, it is um, 
a kind of very different take on the same era. You know, it has yeah. that kind of big band brass um, intro sort of feel about it. Oh, the music and is brilliant. The music is just great. They've spent a lot of time on that. I, think. I, I don't. I don't know why, but it, d- does it turn into a kind of um, um, musical? Um, no, but it. Fe- but I think it feels like that, and I think. Yeah. I think okay. I, I sort of had the vague idea in my head that that was supposed to happen at some point, but um, I, yeah. I don't know why I thought that. At the same time yeah. as uh, at the same time, um, Aaron Sorkin was making West Wing on the Warner Brothers lot. Um, Amy Sherman was making the Gilmore Girls on the Warner Brothers lot. So the cast would have been. Yes, I remember the, hearing to me about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and both of them are renowned for writing scripts that are twice as long as other people's scripts because their word count is so fast and. It was kind of Gilmore Girls was kind of described as like the goy, as in the non-Jewish um, Jewish show on TV because everyone in it were um, white, waspy, um, Massachusetts type characters, um, but they all spoke like Jews and, and with Jewish humour, um, and and again that's where I think Jamie's right in terms of this this feels like what she's been building up to her whole career because suddenly you have Jewish characters playing all this stuff. Alex Borstein, for example, who's brilliant, who's as Susie, um, she has always appeared in little bits of Amy Sherman stuff. But did you know, Jamie, uh, the original idea was that Alex Borstein was going to be the character of Luke in Gilmore Girls. So she would no. have, she would have been the grumpy coffee shop owner, which would have made oh. which would make total sense. But of course, the networks back then went, no, we just can't have this many girls. We need a man in there. We need a love interest, and put that in. So again, it is sort of uh, all you know. They, they were all heading in in this direction. I think Tony Shalhoub is brilliant, don't you think? The dad. Yeah, I oh, do yeah. like him in it. Yeah, yeah very good. I, I think the cast are great. Um, I think everybody in it I really enjoy. It. I think this is this is a heightened, like you said, it, it does feel like world. a musical. Yeah. It's a heightened version of New York, and it has that fast pace, and it's very colourful, and and the music is superb, and it, it yeah, it, it dances on that line between comedy and drama very nicely. You know, like the Gilmore Girls yeah, does in exactly. a lot of ways. What, yeah. So it, it works out for me. The, I don't really see much comparison with Mad Men other than the time period well i i feel like that i feel like amy sherman and daniel so so, uh, amy sherman's husband is daniel paladino who produced family guy and he writes the odd episode of this and i can almost guarantee that the episode that you like less will be the one that daniel wrote and it's the same in the gilmore girls the girls the girl does it better and daniel's becomes more about dick jokes and stuff and it's the same in this you get more sort of harsher male humour, it becomes a, a bit less sort of formed. But I don't doubt for a second that the two of them, husband and wife team, sat there and went, let's do let's do the real the, the our version of Mad Men, you know, down the road from Mad Men there's there's um this happening. What's the music the the downtown um Sinatra Nancy Sinatra, isn't it? They play the that when they, it's the Chinatown bit, ding a ding a ding 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 ding, borderline offensive. Um, when they first go to the gas lamp, that's the music that kicks in. Right, yeah. And so, yeah, yes, I think I think that the, it was a conscious thing. I think they knew that they were going to be taking on that world, 
the sort of uh, alternative madmen. I think it's, well, it's yeah. Sorry, Matt. I was just going to say it's kind of um, you know, Mad Men is a, a very male centric show. Yeah, uh, and very much looking at the kind of the evolution of um, the evolution of the male persona alongside the evolution of capitalism. Yeah, and. Uh, this is a very subversive take on that, where it's um, looking at it from an entirely different perspective altogether, and, and looking at it from you know from how a woman was um, uh, groomed mm. to be at that period, and then uh, having her completely flip that on its head and go and do something entirely different. Yeah, um, and, and and Joel, you know, Joel is. Useless, isn't he? I mean, it, well, it's interesting that there there is that tie to to that specific area of um of business, yeah. and uh, that kind of culture with the secretaries and the drinking and the uh, kind of public appearances. Because rather than um, Don Draper, he for me reminds me of Pete Campbell. Yeah. That's who I think of. Yeah, exactly. The, kind yeah. Of, uh, yeah. the loser with the chip on his shoulder about being someone special. Yeah. Although I think and he's more likable than Pete. I do like Joel as a character all the way through. I think that, that's one of the things that the Paladinos do really well, I think, is that they write these characters that do bad things. And you can still kind of root for me. I'm still rooting for Joel. I kind of don't... Really? Yeah. Are you not? Jamie, do you... Do you I haven't seen that far into it. Um, I hate Joel. <laughs> yeah. I was... I mean, I felt like... I, I, I didn't like him at all. And I felt very much like I really don't want her to get back together with oh, him at any I, point during this course, show. Of course. But but you've, you still managed to feel some sympathy for him. Because... Well, why do you no, think... No, I he, was done with him for the moment he was taking someone else's material. <laughs> that was <it. laughs> um, what do you why do you think he split up with his wife what what was it that he couldn't handle about being with midge it, it well i think that he almost says doesn't he that it's the he knows he's in some way disappointing her or he doesn't feel like I mean, he doesn't want the responsibility. He doesn't want to feel like a failure. And I think he probably subconsciously realizes that his wife is maybe more talented than him. Yeah. And is a, is a more, it's it, it a superior sort of intelligence to him and a desire than him to, to sort of progress in this comic world. And he feels like he can't live up to those expectations. And he, so the secretary that he meets, he feels more comfort in that world, and then, then even that doesn't satisfy him. And well, that's more of the mm. plot anyway. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Why? What do you think? I agree completely. I just struggled to, I struggled to work that out at the time. It, it's it's an incredibly modern. Um, it, it's perfect for now. You know what we're learning at the moment is that white men need to shut up and accept that you're going to lose to other people for a change. And you need to, you know, accept that other people can be more talented and have opportunities than you because you've had opportunities forever. And what they've done is they've taken that and they've put it in the 50s at a time when nobody else was, would be saying to someone like Joel, it's okay for your wife to be more, have more opportunity than you. In fact, they'd be saying the opposite. They'd be saying, you must be the breadwinner and she must be at home, you know. Um, and Joel can't handle that. And it's kind of understandable that he can't handle that because that's the social 
impression. But I really like yeah, how it comes about as well because it, it, it's all down to her trying to change a bit of his act to try and make him better. Yeah, yeah. And, and and because he has no skill at it and no no feel for it, and he's stealing someone else's shtick anyway. Yeah. Uh, when, when he when he tries to do that, he absolutely fumbles it, and um, in you know he has got a, a slot in the in, in the gas line because the people who think that he is shit don't want to give it to him she's the only reason he's been getting on at good times and then <laughs> yeah. when his friends are there everything just falls to pieces because um uh susie won't bow down to, you know she won't be won over with a with a pot pie or a pot roast or whatever it is yeah and uh and then he's you know fully exposed to the elements yeah. and in, in in front of his friends and he's just torn to pieces in the worst way possible because i don't know i, I mean i, I I'm, i've never been a, a professional stand-up i did do some stand-up did when you? i was at university oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there, there is nothing worse yeah than, 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 than bombing and stand-up i've I, I, you know i've i've dried as an actor on stage um, uh, and in, in that realm, it's 10 times worse Yeah, because, because it's so unrescuable. There's no one else to help you <laughs> and, and, and you're entirely alone and it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it, they, they call it dying for a reason. Yeah. Um, how many times did you do stand up? I, I did it quite a lot. I, my, my university offered it as a, a speciality in, in, in the fourth year. Oh. You basically did one module for your final year. Yeah, and me and Tiernan both both did stand up that year. Wow! <laughs> oh, really? Tiernan yeah. carried on with it. And and what was you? What would you say your ratio was of bombing to uh, succeeding? I mean, I, I I enjoyed a fairly good time of it, but we had very very we, we were performing to us, uh, our own um, peers at university, so it was yeah. like the most friendly crowd you could yeah. imagine. Yeah. Did you ever um, take it beyond that? Did you ever try and try it on? A- I did a little bit in London to yeah. moderately successfully but um i i didn't want to do it enough i i, I uh can you remember what your opening line was i didn't have any that was the thing i wasn't i wasn't very good at um create i didn't like the way stand-up works which is you take a set you find five minutes of good stuff and you clone it and you hone yeah. it and you hone it yeah um Ooh. i i liked to um go improvise vibe, vibe it out <laughs> but um it's 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 very it's kind of an unsustainable thing to do wow. did you always know unless that, you're really um, really talented yeah did you, did you always feel like tin and would uh would continue and and do well he loved it straight away and he was really organized about it as well that was the other thing i was i just i couldn't be dealing with the lifestyle of it mm. right. it's, uh, it's so hard um yeah you have Ooh. to really want to and i i didn't want it enough well, I think I think one of the things the series is really good at is charting the yeah. sort of the rise and Definitely. fall of that journey of she's working. Yeah. I mean, in the pilot, she's working on adrenaline and she's nailing it. And the question is, how long can you? Sorry, I just realised I didn't actually finish the point. Yeah, go on. Which is that? Um, so, so that's that's what happens, and he puts it down to her. Bec- mm. he, he, you know, he dies yes. because of something that oh, he suggested. Yeah. That's how he sees it. Ah, he doesn't see it yes, as anything she, to do with him. And she's got that great just, line, and she says, "Because you killed it." He says something like, yeah. "You know, it was your line," and she says, "Yeah, but you killed it." And that's yeah. when you know. That's almost when she shows her teeth, isn't it? When yeah. it's like, "Yeah, she really is smarter than you. She does know what she's doing more than you on this." I uh, think that yeah. yeah, that that is great, and, and I think that. You know, there's two things for me that 
have to be good in this show and and are and 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 really matter and the first is like the fascination of watching especially a female comic try and make it in that era it's fascinating i think it's really well done and although this is a heightened heightened reality it feels very real like the journey that she's going on that doesn't feel like it's a phony journey the other thing it relies heavily on is her relationship with Susie. Mm them two together are brilliant and, and the, the Alex Borstein who plays Susie is really good and brilliant. both of them together the scenes between those two are wonderful they're really that the, there's really this dynamic that builds and there's this intimacy and this relationship that's more stronger than her relationship with her father with her so with her husband you know it's yeah. her relationship with her, her is so much more yeah. uh, uh, interesting and and worthwhile that's for me why this show is very good and and there is telling watching there isn't a weak cast member either no uh, no i mean really you've got isn't. kevin polak as uh, as the dad of the um the knobhead husband yeah and uh, he's brilliant but tony shaloub as abe is one of my favourite characters. Uh, the, 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 the podcast about Gilmore Girls that I listened to went on to talk about this, and one of the things they pointed out with him is that he sings his lines, and just pay attention to that, and he does, mm. doesn't he? It's yeah. just amazing. I love the, uh, the bit where he says that, like, they move, they move back in, and the kid is watching Howdy Doody. Yeah. And, he sa- and, he, and he's like, I, I need silence. I have to do my reading. <laughs> and she says, Look, just let him watch How Do You Do the Otherwise, you know. And he's like, no, this is my house and I will not be yeah. here. Picks the kid up and he just screams. And he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Please just let him, just stop him, please. There's <laughs> <laughs> another great, in, in one of the later episodes, right, I'm not going to spoil anything now. I'm just going to say that, Tony Shalhoub's character gets wound up more and more to the point that, let's say, Jamie, he's built a metaphorical castle that he's standing in to protect himself. Yeah. Uh, you know the bit I'm talking I know, about. I know which episode yeah. you're talking okay. about. Yeah, it's but, very funny. And then Midge comes and tells him something that he doesn't want to hear. You expect him to be happy, and he goes, No! does this massive pantomime about why she shouldn't. He's so good. So good. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I I like about it as well is how um, uh, the the skills that she has because of what she's been for most of her life make her this kind of unstoppable force when she decides to break out of it. Perfect grenade comedy grenade. And she's just like she's hyper organized she's uh, she's just, you know, they. they uh, I, my wife and I were reading this um, comic strip about uh, what about the mental loads that women take on in a in a marriage, mm. Mm. and when you when you look at the things, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I know that I'm guilty of it. There are things that Hannah thinks of that I just it doesn't even occur to me, mm. and so when someone with that kind of mental capacity mm. starts coming into a world which is traditionally dominated by people who are fucking lazy like it, you know when you look at the the kind of powerful male characters in this show and in Mad Men as well mm. they're just so kind of incapable in a way yes yeah. and so when someone comes in there who's like what are you doing what are you doing and 
it, it, yeah, it's it's, it's quite yeah. stark, and I, I really have like you, that. Yeah, have you seen the episode where she's honing a material, Matt? Have you seen that bit yet? I can't remember because yeah, that's a, that, that's one of my that's yeah. a really good scene, and I thought that was brilliantly done because. First of all, every time it, she, she takes the material and she tries it different ways and way, and if, until eventually she kills with it. It genuinely is like she genuinely gets that material to a point where you go, "Oh, that really is the funny way of doing it." Yeah. And I, it's really well done. Like I really yeah. like the way they they put it. It's, it's like a Rocky montage, but it's really well done with with comedy. I mean, what an interesting thing that. to try and show because I th- I would imagine that'd be really difficult to capture. Yeah, and they just mm. they've they, you know they've consulted with stand up so they've got a couple of regular consultants I think, and they've they've really charted that that progress really well. We've never done stand-up, but Jamie and I have had to work on um, word economy for lots of reasons, I suppose. And it, um, that kind of creative process is really rarely shown on screen, isn't it? You, mm. don't, you don't see things like that on screen very often. Um, and it's, it's great. It's, that's the yeah, kind of behind-the-curtain stuff that I yeah. really love watching. It's like it's nice to see the work that goes in to make something look effortless. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the that's what you don't get a lot of in, in in TV. And to put it into a comedy drama, it really to really feel like oh, you're seeing the process when people say oh, anyone could do that. Well, actually, look at all the hard work yeah. that you have to do it's to like get pe- to that point. People would never guess that this podcast is scripted, and this is like draft five. <laughs> <laughs> the turnaround is unbelievable. Um, I think you laughed slightly <laughs> early on that line, guys. We would have yeah, to, yeah. Can we do that do again? again? Do that again. Go back. People don't realise that we'll even this. People don't realise that like this podcast is scripted. It's actually draft five of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> great, that's great. better. Um, that's better. Nailed it. Uh, where were we? So, yeah. So it's really nice to see process stuff. Uh, and f- one other thing is stating the obvious again but like uh i think in the gilmore girls in in say the first two series of the gilmore girls i reckon there's one scene when two men have a conversation and you don't realize it when you're watching it but when you compare it with what was going on like in the west wing where alice and Janney stands alone really as a sort of strong female character um this writer has been doing it for ages and not only that why am I listening to someone? It sounds like somebody's licking cream out of a tub. What the hell was that? Sorry, I've, I've moved a little bit uh, away from the router. Sorry. Okay. Um, am, I, am I still clear? No. Did you go in the fridge, Matt? No. Oh. No. Carry on. Carry on. Um, so the two things that I think Amy Sherman has always done really well, and I urge you to go back and watch The Gilmore Girls and put up with its, its lower budget is number one really good female characters talking to each other not needing men um and by calling her show the gilmore girls being instantly sort of snobbed at being disrespected compared to the male writers of the time in the 90s who were also huge like aaron sorkin she's up there with them and she does that really well and the other thing she does really well is if you read a gilmore girls script if you watch gilmore girls it is almost all about the comedy. Now, it might not be like hilarious jokes, but the the scripts are written as setups and punchlines almost always, apart from the conversations with the mother. And even those are quite um, quite uh, punchline heavy, even though they're very very uh, rooted in emotion and people trying to hurt each other with punchlines. 
so again, it's uh, all of this is to say more reasons to watch the fabulous Marvelous Mrs. Maisel if you haven't watched it is that you can go back further than this and watch the roots of all this taking place. But she, it's so good and it's so satisfying finally to see that writer and her husband able to write stuff. <coughs> it's basically the story of, Mitch, of Midge and Joel, but they stay together. You know, the Daniel Palladino has to take the back seat to Amy Sherman Palladino and probably knows that he's not as good a writer. Mm. Um, and yeah, so they're just great, and it's just fantastic to see that sort of come out of the out of the gate. It, even if I didn't know it was them, I would say all of my like not one of my issues to do with pace or any of that comes into play with this stuff. It, it could be they're, they're like fifty minutes to an hour, aren't they? Um, no, they're about they're about not about thirty minutes each, aren't they? I think no. I'm about that. No. I'm sure, they're, they're not that long. I mean. Yeah, it could have gone. The first episode could have gone either way for me because there was a moment where I was not sure I was going to like the character of Midge, and you know it teetered on the edge at times of being a bit. You know, I was worried that she was going to be a bit too much of a stereotype, and then she won me round, and she's brilliant in it. And if you, you, you well, get I to mean, that point, go on, sorry. No, no, nice, no, right? Well, I was just going to say. I mean. The reason I haven't seen it all is because I stopped watching it. Yeah, so what um, okay. Fifty-seven so, so minutes, yeah. the first episode, Jamie. It, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a conscious choice, really. Um, I, I just kind of uh, forgot about it. Yeah. Um, right. So it must, you know, I've, I've been saying some nice stuff about it, but the, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, it didn't hooked me in so far that I felt like I absolutely had to carry on. Were you watching I mean, it alone um, or with uh, with your wife? Well, I, I, I watched a couple of episodes alone, then I tried to get Hannah on board and she didn't uh, grab onto it, and then I watched a couple more by myself, and then I stopped watching it. Okay. I think it's definitely one to watch with, with your partner. It's a, it's almost like a, yeah. an event, not event TV, but it's it's a good laugh along thing doesn't it comedy's never good on yeah own. It, it's a great one to watch after watching something heavy as well i think we yeah. just watched something pretty heavy maybe uh, it might have been sort of um i don't know if handmaid's tale or something like that we might have been it was something quite you know full of darkness and to watch this afterwards was really refreshing and enjoyable and uh pacey and yeah, yeah uh, it's it, it, it does depend on how you're coming into it but i mean mm. and also like you said, if you're trying to watch it outside of your time with your lady friend, it's not going to be easy. I think as well, it, there's there's a thing about Amy Sherman that is that her as a person is like a sort of gothy steampunk hat wearing person who loves British rock and indie and sees herself as different from the crowd, not one of the cool kids. And almost all of her comedy, almost all of her writing is about being a little bit inverted snob about uh, the world and, and pokes fun at sincere things. And it's a little bit, um, what's the word, not irresponsible. Um, uh, doesn't, what am I saying? Simple word. Not irreverent. Irreverent and doesn't take things seriously. Punches the, the balloon all the time. And, and it's, it's really nice to see somebody decide to make TV which has a heart but quite often it does take you a while to see that heart because it's really just trying to be witty you know and at first you go oh that's annoying 
and once you get into it once you once you get those moments like later on when um when midge is talking to susie they're, they're eating late at night and they're talking about their career and stuff and they have a couple yeah. of moments where they bond and you you'll just get in all of this people being witty you'll get three lines where someone just says something really touching and it means yeah. so much more Definitely. I don't I think know that... how, but you're talking me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> when you start waxing lyrical about something like this, it just makes me go, can't be like this. Well, no, I'm doing the like opposite it. of what I'm saying. I'm taking it too seriously. But um, mm. but that's why I like it, is that it it's um, it's really cleverly not trying to look important. You know, and um, Sorkin was very, very good at what he did, but it was also an incredibly self-important show, The West Wing. Don't start, don't start like trying to bring down Sorkin with it. Don't do that. Don't do it. It's point of difference is very knowing, but it also makes it look quite thin when so, it's got depth. So the, the question is, the, 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 the question is this, Matt, will you, after hearing uh, these thoughts, are you going to go back and finish that bad boy? With your wife. With your wife. I'm, you know, I might well do. I don't think I'm yeah. going to get my wife into it. I don't think she, she didn't like it very much. Oh, all right. Well, you carry on then. Um, but get to the end of it. The very end of the series, I think, is an absolutely fantastic moment. Like the last 10 mm. seconds of the series. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> it really makes you want a second series. And I, and I hope they stick to what they've set up, you know. I hope it, it, it doesn't you know, be um, Joel thing. Yeah. Speaking of the West Wing... Yeah. Um, I've been listening to the West Wing Weekly podcast. Oh, how annoyed are you that you didn't go to the London show? Oh my god, I didn't even know there was a London show. Uh, <laughs> what, when was that? It's the last episode, like a few weeks ago. They were in London, and before oh, that, they were in Dublin. Joking? No. Oh my god, I'm so furious. Yeah, I um, would. Oh, I'm so furious now. I know. I would have totally gone to that. And Richard Schiff oh, was on stage god. with them. No! Oh, oh that, this is like a body blow. This is horrible. Yeah, I'm I, starting I just, to hate them. I'm really starting to hate the smugness of the delivery of West Wing Weekly. You know. Well, I, I mean, I'm only, I've, I've listened to 10, I think. But, I mean, that's, I've listened to that in the last week. Yeah. Um, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've just finished listening to the one where Richard Schiff is on it, actually, when they're talking when about cries, the first yeah. Christmas episode. And yeah. he cries. Yeah, I yeah. know. And I didn't think I could love Richard Schiff a lot more. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was brilliant on it, even though he was so um, kind of like driving home the point about being humble to the point where it's like, are you actually that humble? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah not I, know. Sure. I know. Um, yeah. But... Uh, no, I mean, I just love it. And it's so nice to kind of revisit the episodes. And I like the fact that they're critical of the show as well. But they just like don't... Particularly, Josh Molina is really trying to poke holes in... What the fuck is this? ...in episodes. This an, when... an advert for the West Wing Weekly. Oh, on a podcast. Geez. An advert for a podcast that the last thing it needs is an advert for itself. On... On a podcast, yeah, we need, you we need an instead of this. Instead <laughs> oh, right, endless <laughs> madness. I'm starting to really hate um, podcasts that that are really successful really easily. Like, no, me too. Guess what? If you get Josh Molina and Richard Schiff involved, um, 
you can make a million dollars really quickly and go, oh, look what happened to our successful podcast. Isn't that easy? Yeah. I tell you, what, I've got a podcast recommendation. Listen to Colin Murray at home. I listened to him interviewing Chris Akabusi. It's an absolute gem. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, Honestly, I'm not even joking. Yeah, sure it's is. moving and funny. It's it, you'll <laughs> nearly you'll you'll nearly be crying at the end. It's amazing. You got to hear it. The only way that the podcast world is going to truly get saved for the future is if we all start recommending things that don't involve famous people's names. Of course, people listening in Preston will be saying that Jamie and I are famous, but of course there's only two people listening in Preston, so that doesn't really matter. Um, Colin Murray, as in the Irish guy, used to yes. match the yeah. day two. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Thank you. no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Is there anything that Matthew can't pour scorn onto? Um, oh, no. Colin Sorry, Murray. are you holding up Colin? Colin Murray is an example of like the Untouchables. He's an excellent broadcaster. He, he certainly is. is. I hated him on Match of the Day Two and on the NFL program as well. Well, you're well, probably the reason he lost his job then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if, 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 if that's one thing I can hang my hat on, then I can say I've done something in the last few years. That's brilliant. I think Colin Murray achieved something. Colin Murray is a brilliant broadcaster on the radio. I think he's a brilliant radio broadcaster. But you know what? Actually, I'll give you that. He yeah. is better on the radio. Yeah, he's not me. He, he's actually quite enjoyable on the radio, but on TV, he's an irritating little fuck. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. We well, go. anyway, he, he cries on that podcast. I think we need to cry more on our podcast. That's okay? it. Because he, find, he gets the text from Match of the Day saying you're fired. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Mrs. Maisel, finish it, Matt, and everybody else. Yeah, right. I'll, just I'll have bloody watch it. it because for once, it's a show that that does as much as it can in every episode, instead of spreading it out. Oh, don't to create don't, another friggin' series. Which is another thing that Aaron Sorkin did really well. His writers would come up with stuff and suggest like four episode arcs and he would put all of it in the episode that they were writing at the time. Yeah, I just heard that as well. Yeah, yeah. same thing as Amy Sherman. And that is, that's the thing. I haven't got ADD. That's just, that's just one way of storytelling. That's just one way. Yeah, there's, the good have, way. there's more than one way to skin a cat The owl. good way. And, and no, I forgot we're still having way. the godless argument. Unbelievable. Oh, you have to get your own emails, agenda. Four more emails this week asking if Matt's watched Godless yet and when that episode's going to be out. Are you serious? Yeah. No. Yeah. We got emails asking if I've watched Godless. Yes, people can't wait. I mean, I've watched, I have watched the first episode, but a while ago. Oh, you have watched the first episode? You. Yeah, I said that when we, uh, you keep when we first started talking about it. Jesus. I watched one episode, that was it. And did you pay attention to it, or were you doing something else? Do you need to watch that one again before we talk about it? I do need to watch it again, because it's just a while back, and right. um, yeah. Okay, watch it again, and then we'll and do... And then we'll do a, a Godless podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, All right. there'll, okay. there'll be tears on that part, there'll be tears. <laughs> also, okay. Okay. maybe I'll watch a couple of episodes and see if I can really get my teeth into it and decide what I think. Um, um but are we going to talk? What are we going to talk about next week? Are we going to talk about Westworld or uh, we can do Westworld? Um, yeah, yeah. Westworld. Let's do Westworld. Is, is Westworld being released one by one? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, no, it's one and one a week. We're going to have to do one epi- episode one, season one, though, guys. We can't. Yeah, we'll start from the beginning. Do we really? Okay. Yeah. Um, of course, you're not even up there. And also, are we going to do Wild Wild Country at some point? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely. done that, and. 
I've just started there are that. two other things that I'm watching or have just watched. One is called Shot in the Dark. Have you seen that? No. no. That is about the stringers. You know the film starring Jake Gyllenhaal, the guy who drives around LA trying to film uh, news oh, yeah. stories. Oh, um, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yeah. Love well, that film. Well, the two guys who were real stringers who were consultants on that film are in this series documentary about stringers in LA. And Interesting. We've fucking got to do it. Um, and the okay. other thing yeah. is, um, and the other one that I'm watching, is, Sarah, what are we watching? Oh, seven seconds. Hmm. Seven have seconds. I, have you seen any of the Alienist? No, yeah, I, I watched I it all. Watched it all. You watched night. it all? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I watched I, the first um, episode and I went. Uh, what yeah, a, I, I, I don't... It's one of those shows, and I really think we should have a new category. I don't know if I've mentioned this. Yeah. A new what? category of shows, which is... Awful. I, wa- I, I, I watched it, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't, regret, I don't regret watching it, but I wouldn't recommend it because I mm. can fit a lot of shows into that category, yeah. and The Alienist is one of those. Right, like The Defenders, Luke Cage, yeah. <laughs> Series 2 of Daredevil. <laughs> Guys, what about Seven Seconds? Have either of you watched that? No, 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 that's no. very popular at the moment. We should definitely get on that quick. It's uh, okay. it's good. It's a crime one, sort of. It's yeah, seven seconds. Netflix. Have a look. Good rating. Okay. Yeah. Um, I gotta go. Okay. Gotta go. Next week, right. Westworld. Au revoir. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Boxer Pod. Goodbye. You can email us studio at theboxerpod.com. Studio. At, have you just? What have you just done? Just wipe yeah, it. Just wipe it. As I bent down and I hurt you, my back. Oh, oh thank God go. you ended with getting too back. old for this shit. That's right. Studio at right the pod dot com. Goodbye. <laughs> right, I better go. Yeah, you better add. <laughs>